Hello, hola, bonjour, privet. This is WVBRFC, and this is your host, Sean Cabrera. With the Cornell soccer season just right around the corner, this debut episode features a WVBRFC exclusive interview with Cornell women's soccer team's starting goalkeeper, Nicole Shulman. In this interview, Nicole Shulman discusses her goalkeeping origin, the sensations of playing for a national team, what she did during the season-ending pandemic, and some fun off-field or off-pitch stories about what it means to play for Cornell soccer. With that being said, welcome to WVBR FC. And now, the main event in this corner, standing at five foot seven, coming from San Mateo, California, she wears the number one jersey for Cornell women's soccer team, Nicole Schulman. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm doing pretty all right, you know. And by the way, just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for agreeing to do an interview with WVBRFC. It's really, really appreciated. Oh my goodness, it's it's an honor. <laughs> all right, so I guess we could start off this interview with question number one. With you know, so I played goalkeeper in high school, right? And whenever I go to a pickup game, I also play goalkeeper because no one wants to play it, right? You could, re- you could probably relate playing pickup games. Understood, yeah. <laughs> but you, you're an actual college varsity goalkeeper, let alone a national goalkeeper, which we'll get to soon enough. So was there a source of inspiration that made you choose the position? Like what or who inspired you to be a goalkeeper? That's a great question. Actually, I started playing soccer much later than a lot of my peers. Uh, I started playing around third grade when a lot of my friends started playing in kindergarten. So my foot skills weren't really up to par when they put me out on the field. So I played a couple of years on the field and uh, they decided to put me in goal because, you know, I wasn't doing as well as my other teammates. And uh, in goal, I had no fears and um, I would launch at the ball to save any ball that was coming my way. And I stayed in there for the rest of my career. Um, At first, I was a little bummed because I love being out on the field. I'm a very technical player and um, just I just love having the ball at my feet. But uh, once I started playing goalkeeper, I realized that it's a whole sport within the sport. And I think that was the real inspiration for sticking as a goalkeeper. I think um, it's a huge mind game to play as a goalkeeper. It's it's a leadership role. It's so much in one position. And that was my biggest inspiration. I didn't necessarily look up to any goalkeepers uh, initially in my career. Um, I, I loved watching soccer on the field and I love like players my favorite player was David Beckham but um as a young player it was all about just like being kind of an individual on the field and uh showing my real colors and that's the real inspiration behind the position well that was a marvelous answer that was absolute that was an absolutely genius response thank you for that also Davy Becks if you're listening Nicole Shulman <laughs> yeah she's a big fan of big yours fan. She's a massive fan in fact so you know, why don't you send her a greeting on the way there, maybe via Instagram or <laughs> fan mail, you know, the usual. Right. So now I'm just going to digress a little bit because, you know, we're both soccer or football enthusiasts. And I mean, there's always been one thing on my bucket list, and that's going to a World Cup match. Now, I, <laughs> I'm fairly curious and really jealous. I'm going to say that live on the air. I'm quite jealous. But what World Cup matches have you gone to? Because apparently you've gone to several. Yeah, they've been insane experiences. And 
2018 for the Men's World Cup in Russia. I attended two games in St. Petersburg and one in Moscow. I watched uh, Brazil, Costa Rica, Egypt, Russia, and uh, Mexico, Germany. All fantastic matches. Uh, just live up to the hype and beyond. And I was in kind of my home country where my parents were from. Like I spoke the home language. I speak Russian at home. So it was an insane experience. And back in 2015, I attended the U.S. versus Japan Women's World Cup final in Canada, which was an insane, insane match to to watch live. Well, I mean, you literally watch one of the best, if not one of the most iconic World Cup final matches of all time. I mean, I still remember seeing that on television on like Fox when I was, what, 14 with Carly Lloyd shooting it from what? Midfield, some 50 plus yards out around there. Yep. Man, and you were there. Yep, right behind. So the goal that I was I was behind, she was shooting onto the other goal. So it was kind of like the other goalkeeper's view. It was like the USA's goalkeeper view of the goal. And I just, it was spectacular. What an experience. Yeah, I, yeah I'm definitely jealous. I could say that now. <laughs> like, you would be jealous too if you're listening right now. You'd be jealous too. Come on. Also, I mean, you're right. Also, you were bringing up earlier about the goalkeeper and it's a game of psychology in a way, right? Sure. Uh, I know I definitely wrote that in my psychology 1102 class. Yeah. Intro to cognitive science, man, a lot goes on in the goalkeeper's mind. How do you say you approach the game? Like what makes you so fearless? What, how do you goalkeep in a way just mentally? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I feel like soccer is where I'm most myself and I feel a piece of my personality is being quite fearless. Um, it's been a part of me since I was very young and I when I step on the field my main job is to keep the ball out of the net and I do everything in my power to do my job to help my team and I think the team is what makes me the fearless goalkeeper that I am I think if I have the support of my team and I have the connections with my teammates then it brings me up and it makes me want to put my own body on the line for all my teammates Wow. See, with responses like those, I can tell you study at the Dyson School. So, I mean, <laughs> those are really good answers. Thank you. And now I guess we should go back to a bit of, I guess, your personal life. So back to your career in a way. Your Cornell Big Red soccer bio says that you played for the U-17 and U-19 Israeli team and the UEFA Women's Euro Qualifiers. Yes. So how did you find out about that? How did you find out about the news that you made it onto the national team and what thoughts or emotions just ran through your head immediately? I've been playing for the Israeli uh, team since high school. Um, I started playing, I believe, in my sophomore year of high school, and I've been with them for a while. And um, coming into freshman year, I kind of knew that there was a tournament going on uh, in my freshman fall. And when they called me up to the roster, it was just an amazing moment. It's always an honor to step on the field repping a Israel women's team jersey. And um, I was very, very, very honored. But at the same time, leaving Cornell to go overseas and play for my country um, was a bit tough um, on the like big red um, aspect of it. I feel like leaving a team for that long is uh, can really stunt your momentum with the team. And coming in as a freshman, it was quite difficult. But nonetheless, I did it and I came back and continued to play in the Ivies. And uh, I, it's, it's continued to be an honor to play. I was actually also called up 
to play against Portugal with the women's full team uh, this coming September. But I sadly had to deny uh, the request because uh, I really, I think the Cornell team is my number one priority right now. And it was a very difficult decision that I made last week to say no to representing my country um, in order to stay here and continue playing for Cornell and get the first season in the last two years yeah. off to a good start. Yeah, you know what, Cornell, uh, why don't you boost her grades a little bit? She just she just declined playing for Israel against Portugal just so she could play on this team. It just goes to show how much she loves the Cornell Big Red. And frankly, thank you, actually, in advance for that. Always, always. Cornell is my number one. So now you mentioned, you know, missing a year, of course. And I mean, there was quite a, you could say a medical scenario, some medical episode that happened in the past year. Yes. I mean, I'm trying to lighten it up. But in reality, I mean, just digressing again to last year, we all know by now that the pandemic did cancel nearly every outdoor activity in the United States, or at the very least delayed it. And so upon learning the news that the Ivy League athletic season was canceled in the fall, what were your initial thoughts and reactions like? What did you just think in that moment? I remember being on the Zoom with all uh, the athletic staff um, and all the athletes. And when they told us the news, we were all devastated. It, it was very rough because soccer really is the one thing that joins us all together and keeps us all going and, you know, is the motivation every day. And having that taken away by the pandemic was just extremely rough at first um but you know once once time went on we kind of saw the positives and we saw this as an opportunity to work on our team cornell hasn't had the best of years uh recently and i think in a way the pandemic helped us regroup find our you know core identity as a team and um brought us all together to come out of it even stronger coming into this season. So it was devastating at first, but in the end, I think it we took as much positive out of it as we could. Wow, I respect that. Thank you. And I mean, I guess this is also kind of a message for the people back home that even though, you know, catastrophes may strike in a certain way, there's always, you know, there's always a way that will or hope that everyone has to just persevere forward. Yeah, and my, and my heart goes out to all the spring sport athletes. They they lost a large chunk of their college careers, and all us fall sport athletes are here standing with them and completely understand their devastation with the pandemic. And uh, we just wanted to, you know, get the most out of it, and we understand that uh, other sports may have it worse, so uh, make a bad situation into a good one. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I could tell you go to Dyson with, it. with responses <laughs> like those. Definitely Dyson. That's Dyson material right there. Good job, Cornell, on, you know, accepting <laughs> this applicant. Just, you know, just news delayed advanced. Now, uh, I do have a follow up question in regard to the COVID scenario off season. Yeah. So how did you personally tackle the situation of not being able to practice with your team? It was difficult. Uh, so we were allowed practices up to 10 players at a time masked up on the field. So we did have modified trainings. Um, it wasn't as productive as a full team practice would have been, but honestly, there's not much you can do other than show up every day and do what you can in order to improve. Um, personally, I was going through an injury, especially in the spring of last season. I have a back injury that I've had since 2013 and it flared up coming into the spring. And so I was out for a while 
And um, that made COVID a little bit more tough because some of the other girls were able to go out and kind of play and forget about all their frustrations and release that energy that the pandemic has built within us. But I, I was I was doing rehab and um, that's not the most fun. So, you know, it was it was a very big personal journey on my end in order to you know, get to where I am today through the pandemic. And um, all I did was show up every single day and it was hard. But um, you lace up your shoes or your boots and you show up and that's the first step and everything else just, you know, it is what it is. Do you aspire on being like a motivational speaker? <laughs> These are like actually like phenomenal responses. I appreciate that. Um, no, it's just coming from the heart. Well, then, I mean, just keep that, just keep that, you know, in advance in your head. And then in the future, you could thank me later, you know, and give it 10 years time. You'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Sean guy. Thank you. But, for sure, uh, for sure. Excellent response. And, you know, we wish you a speedy recovery and, you thank know, you. all the best for that in terms of your injury. Thank you. Really hoping to be out there uh, in the first couple games of the season. So keep an eye out. All right. And now talking about some of the first games of the season, now that the season is back, that we can confirm. <laughs> Uh, you guys are going to face Canisius College. Yes. So, of course, Canisius College being Cornell's first opponent. What do you think are the strengths of the Cornell women's soccer team that they should take advantage of and just utilize it in order to defeat the Griffins? Wow. Uh, so this is day three of preseason. And I believe our biggest strength from what I'm seeing right now is the energy of the team. We've been, you know, not able to play for a year and a half at least, and everyone just wants to get out there and just have this deep desire to put everything out there on the field and make up for all the time lost. I feel like we have a large freshman class coming in and um, we have our sophomore class who hasn't seen a college game yet. And uh, I think their energy and their attitude that they bring to the game is really going to be our biggest strength and the biggest momentum push in order to defeat the Griffins. All right. And uh, I guess a follow up to that. Would you say that team chemistry has been impacted in some sort of way, you know, either positively or negatively by that long episode of the COVID pandemic that gave us that long break? The pandemic was huge for our team culture. Huge. It was very difficult at the beginning for normally the team um, welcomes freshmen in uh, various team bonding ways. And we were unable to do that with the pandemic. So we had a bit of a disconnect with our freshman class uh, last last year, and I felt really bad for them. And it wasn't the experience that they hoped for. It wasn't the experience that we hoped for for the team culture. And we got a new head coach started the spring uh, last semester. And that was when uh, the whole team decided to do a culture shift in order to increase team chemistry and get everyone on the same page. That was huge. And uh, the pandemic was difficult to work around because we wanted to see each other as a big group. But um, unfortunately, that couldn't happen. So now coming into this fall, we have more leeway in order to get the whole team together. And everyone is there for it. Like we haven't been together as a team in so long. And um, having this opportunity to do so has been so amazing for the team culture. And it's improved significantly like tenfold since uh this time last year right well now this is just going to be a curious question this one just kind of appeared in my mind when i talked about you know or rather when we talked about team chemistry or team dynamics so you know how some professional soccer players or footballers how they do these little silly events 
you know, outside of the soccer world. Now, from the eyes of a non-varsity player, I'm asking you this. Do you guys do the same? Like, do you guys just, I don't know, maybe sing karaoke one night and then do something else another just for like team bonding or something like that? Um, Kind of. We sometimes make different classes, make up a dance or make up a song. Uh, last year, us, uh, my class had to make up a song for the uh, graduating seniors. Right. Um, we've had... Uh, just this last semester, we had the whole team come out to the park and all the freshmen stand up, introduce themselves and tell an embarrassing story to not only our team, but the men's team as well. Uh, so fun little <laughs> things like that. Um, Sorry, yeah, yeah it, was, it was very entertaining. Uh, no karaoke yet, but that's definitely on the bucket list for um, team bonding events. All right, well, you heard that here first, folks. You heard that here first. The karaoke idea could be a possibility. We also have a scavenger hunt coming up in our preseason schedule at some time. So the whole team gets a list of various tasks that you have to do to um, to get points. And huh. the team is divided into different, like smaller groups full of uh, people from different classes. And you go around college town, like completing these tasks. Like one is get Jason's phone number from Jason's groceries. <laughs> and yeah, and you get, rack up all these points and the winning team, I don't know, gets, gets to choose a, a punishment for the rest. Oh, you know what, that, you know what, that's kind of fun. That's kind of wholesome in a way, at least, you know, everyone is in it together. Everyone kind of has the same stakes. So like you would say, for example, like, let's say a, a female midfielder was with a male defender and then so-and-so, like, were they intergender teams? Were there? Uh, no. So the scavenger hunt was just uh, the women's team, but um, we did do the embarrassing stories with the men's team. And we also did like a little speed dating for the freshmen of both men and women's teams. So each freshman was paired up with someone from the other team and uh, everyone stood around them and watched them have a speed date for a minute. Oh, you know what? That's, that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> um, no, I think I do. Yes. I have one more question. Just that just popped up in my head. Do you like, so again, high school goalkeeper, actual varsity goalkeeper <laughs> sitting right in front of me. Do you have a favorite match that you've played in that you always replay in your head? Oh, great question. Um, I've had so many amazing matches, but I think. Um, you could brag about it. Be, <laughs> boast as much as you want. You have the right to. Again, she she decided to stay with Cornell Big Red Women's Soccer Team. She decided to stay with us. Massive. <laughs> that is massive. Go Big Red. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite matches. Uh, last season was the Yale game. Hmm. If you look back at the stats, I think we had uh, 22 shots against us and one shot uh, like on their goalkeeper and the score was only one zero. And I think um, we had uh, a very difficult time during our season. And that was one of the games where I felt completely in control. It was, it was just the whole team was there and supporting each other and uh, made a couple of nice saves to keep us in the game. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get a goal in, but I think the stats were very significant, and I frequently replay a lot of those um, little moments from the game yeah, in my head. I totally, yeah, I totally can understand that. I mean, I feel like there's nothing better to see than an underdog actually put up a fight, I suppose, against some not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna call yale a superpower not right now <laughs> but you know against a i guess a more formidable force but 
the fact that you guys were able to put up a fight does mean a lot and that you guys just constantly have spirit. And it shows that we have potential for the next time to actually get them because we were so close. We put up an amazing fight. And now this season is the time where we show uh, what we're made of. You hear that, Yale? I hope you hear that. I hope you're quaking right now in your boots. I hope you're, I hope you're shivering your timbers right now because you should be horrified right now. The Cornell Big Red is coming back and they're coming back very, very, very strong with a lot of artillery. So I suggest to every Ivy League team out there to be careful. Not that I'm showing bias. I'm just, you know, I'm just an analyst and a talker, you know? Orders <laughs> of the wise. <laughs> Thanks. That, that's the first time I've heard that in a while. Now, I guess before we close this out, and once again, just thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience before we call it a wrap? You want to give someone a shout out? You'd be my guest. I mean, of course, I want to shout out my amazing team. I think I play for them and they keep me playing. And our amazing coaching staff, we just got um, a new head coach last season and an amazing um, set of assistant coaches and a goalkeeper coach and an amazing trainer, Jen, who's helped all of us through our injuries. So big shout out to them. And um, I'm very excited for what the season holds for us. And uh, make sure you watch out for Cornell Big Red Woman Soccer out there on the field. So, yeah. I would applaud right now, but I think my microphone would be just a little too sensitive. So, I mean, you know, I guess a little golf clap. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, you know, thank you again just so much for your time, Nicole. Thank you. And of course, it was our pleasure and our honor to have you as our first guest on this show. And, you know, good luck with the upcoming season and upon the first matches. Once again, the Canisius College match is going to be streamed exclusively on ESPN Plus on August 27th at 5 p.m. Nicole, thank you once again. Thank you very much, Sean. It was a pleasure. If you have any opinions for me or questions for Nicole, please feel free to reach out to WVBRFM Sports on social media or sports at WVBR.com. Thank you for listening. Ciao, ciao for now.